You are listening to the Millennial Nomad Coming Alive podcast series, where we explore 180 life shifts, inner transformation, and the pursuit of dreams. I am your host, Elmas Molengard, and I invite you to run with us as we engage in some soul talk. These interviews are some of the experimental ones, so please do excuse the minor sound quality interruptions that may occur. The conversations were too real and too precious not to include due to some tech difficulties. I hope you understand. For more information about me and my work, please visit my website at www.millennialnomad.com. Nomad is spelled with two A's, so be on the lookout for that. In this episode, I interview Samir Panjwani. If you're an ATL, there's a good chance you've seen him on your Instagram feed, promoting Tongue and Groove, voted the number one nightclub in Atlanta. But there's more to Samir than the lavish nights and the party scene. And in this conversation, we dig just a little bit deeper to see what Samir is all about. I just want to first begin by thanking you for taking the time to do this interview. Yo, how are you? I'm good. Are you excited to do this? Yeah, I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous. I've never done like a a recorded interview, but I'm excited. No, it's going to be, it's going to be chill. Um, I kind of wanted to take this time to, before we get started into all the deep questions, just to know a little bit more about you. I know that a lot of people probably have seen your social media page or pretty out there um, as far as being more public. And I know that you're heavily involved with Tongue and Groove, which is a nightclub in Atlanta. I think it's like rated one of the best or the best. I'm not sure. Number one. (laughs) Number one? Number Number one. one. (laughs) So that's awesome. And I know that you're involved with that. So I kind of just want to know what you do and what you're working on and how that's going for you. Well, um, how I started at uh, Tongue and Groove, TNG is what I call it. Um, uh, it. It all fell into my lap naturally. Um, I saw an Instagram uh, post Brett Chance had made. He's one of the marketing managers there. And he was like, we're looking for someone. And I, I had never wanted to do something in the nightlife. I just I just like to go out, have a great time, and then go home. But I was like, something told me to like just um, DM him. So I did. And I went in for um, uh, an interview. Um, and it actually went really great. Uh, I started as a as promoter, like a very small promoter, no, nothing big, but just under Brett. Uh, but then, like as time went on, I just um, grew more and more. And they offered me a promotion, and things just went great. Um, I had a, f- a friend who also worked with me. Her name was Mary Jorgensen. Uh, she was also a marketing manager. She's uh, she's still part of TNG. She's just not a, as big of a role. Uh, she really helped me. She vouched for me, and she's like the reason I uh, made it as far as I did. Uh, she recently took uh, another job, uh, but she's still with TNG, so she's doing both currently. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm very involved with TNG now, and it's it's very fun uh, to work at a nightclub. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So, what's your schedule like? What's the what's the day in the life? Uh, so it's usually only Thursday, uh, Fridays, and Saturdays for now. Um, usually, you have to like promote uh, during the day, get the word out, sell tables, and then when you get there, you just basically your job is done before you walk in the door. Um, when you get there, all you have to do is um, have fun, make sure everyone's having a good time and just basically party, but without, without partying too much. Cause you also are responsible. Like you have to be responsible. You can't be shit faced every night. Um, but it's, it's a fun job if you um, know your limits. Yeah. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, it's been about eight months now. Um, so eight months and then uh, we did shut down for three months cause of Corona. So, five months if you 
don't count those extra three months. Uh, but um, yeah, we just opened back up. We're taking um, all necessary precautions. We're at 35% capacity only. And honestly, um, there's restaurants that are, are less safe than we are. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Um, hopefully, um, this uh, the vaccine comes out soon and we can go back to 100%. But for now, we are at 35%. And it's um, it's a different type of vibe, but it's still fun. Yeah, what is the big, I mean, I know there's probably less people, but are people inside still wearing masks? I, I saw like a video clip somewhere in Atlanta where people were going into bars and they weren't wearing masks, but they were taking their temperatures outside the door. Yeah, so we have mandatory temperature checks um, and the staff is, te- the core staff is tested every Friday to make sure nobody um, on the staff has it. Um, but um, the staff is all required to wear masks. The customers, they have an option right now if they should or if they do or need, if they don't need to or want to um most of them don't um honestly because um tongue and groove is um honestly it's an escape it's not you're you're there to have a good time um we do recommend masks but most of the customers just choose not to wear them at this point in time yeah i guess it's hard to like force people i mean at the end of the day i think that now that everything's officially open in some places it's really up to the individual yeah it's it's up to you if you want to stay home you you should stay home i literally we're not pressuring you to come out but for the people who do want to come out, we're taking all the precautions we can, and we think you should too. Um, but um, it's all up to the c- consumer. With if they if they people didn't want to come out, we wouldn't be open. And people clearly want to come out. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to move on to asking you because I know that's a whole discussion in itself. Well, but- yeah, that was just, that's just a small part of everything. Yeah. Well, the one, the question that I had about the work that you do though, so I know that it has, you're heavily involved with marketing. You have to have really good connections and you have to have very good, um, like extroverted skills. Would you consider yourself an extrovert, like a people person who can- Not really. I honestly think I'm an introvert, but, um, I guess a lot of people say that, um, I'm very good at networking, but like, I'd never network on purpose. I'm not like one of those people that are like, you got to read this book. You got to read this networking book or like go to this event. I'm just like, like I just meet someone and like, I'm just nice to them and we become friends. And like, we, like how I met you, like we literally just met each other and I like, we were like nice to each other and we exchanged information information. And now we're friends. That's how it usually works for me. I really don't like go out, got to go out of the way. Like, Oh, I got to meet this person. Uh, they're very popular. I don't do that. Like I just naturally uh, network. Yeah. So you build the connections versus just building contacts. I yeah, think that's yeah. the big, yeah, I do that. So I know that as someone who's part of the entertainment industry, there is definitely, I mean, someone as in you being part of the entertainment industry, but we, everyone has a perception that it's this constant party and it's glamorous and all of that, which I'm sure there, there are moments that are like that. And like you said, it's an escape. So I think going clubbing for some people is the equivalent of almost maybe watching a movie, but you're like in live action in the moment because it is meant to be something where you go and you are present and you enjoy yourself. But I know that there's also different sides to every kind of, you know, experience. So what do you think are some misconceptions that people have about you or the work that you do without really knowing you? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's it's very cool. Like, it's very glamorous. And that's why I wanted to do it. Like, it was like just, uh, pretty girls everywhere, like people popping bottles. It's it's a cool place to be. Um, the misconception people have, they're like, oh, they think I'm, I'm drinking every night, getting um, shit faced, uh, drunk. At the end of most nights, I drive home um, sober. Uh, uh, I do make a bunch of videos of me cheersing, but most of the time, there's um, it's water in my um, in my shot glass, and most of the time, if it's not, I usually pour it back into the bottle because I'm not trying to get um, 
shit face every night. It's just drinking like that. It's just not something I do. Um, it's something I I have to look like I do, but my job is to make sure everyone else is having a good time and not like me blacked out every night. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a cool place to work. Uh, a lot of people think it's like a fake, a very fake vibe. And like, you have to be very like, like beautiful to get in. We like, we don't do that. We, we're not, we don't turn anyone away. Uh, we do have a dress code. Um, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, just come dress nice and you can get in. Do you think that there's, I mean, obviously every career has, or every job has its uh, stressful moments, but do you think that especially with what you do, there's a pressure to fit in? Or do you think that the work that you do is kind of accepting of all people? I know you said that you don't turn people away, but I'm talking about more, more of just about the scene. Do you feel comfortable in the scene? Um, yeah. So at the beginning before, like I was very hesitant about it because I thought it would be very like, like no one would accept me because I don't, I really don't look like any of them, honestly. Like they're all like very like, like quintessentially good looking people. And I'm just like, like I'm not, and I know that. And, um, don't say that about yourself. No, I mean, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like bashing myself. Like, it's just like, I, I think I'm, I think I look great. It's just like, like, in, you know, like the quintessential textbook, good looking way. Um, like societal standards, but, you mean? But yeah, like 10 years ago, someone that looked like me couldn't have done this job. Uh, 10 years ago, um, people working in nightclubs, I had like six packs, always wore a suit, always were like gel in their hair. And like now because of social media, every like, it's just so much more accessible for someone like me to do it. And like, I think anyone can do it now. Like you don't have to look a certain way, which um, it's gotten, it's gotten a lot better than it was 10 years ago. Cause in 10 years ago, I, I was like probably like 12 years old, but, um, <laughs> uh, but like, I like, I used to like just see old pictures of like everyone. And like, it was just so different back then. Like it's 2020 now. And like, it's just a different vibe and everyone's more accepting. Everyone's like cooler and nicer from what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, that definitely makes me happy to hear. And I, and I think to some extent I have at least noticed in Atlanta um, that has been the case. Like when I've gone out in Atlanta, I think they are a lot more open and accepting when you compare. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we have to be like, we're, we're not just one type of person. There's millions of types of people that li- live here. And like, it's like, it's a melting pot. It's not like, it's not just one race. It's not one type of person. It's just everybody. Yeah, no, definitely. And I know that on your social media before, I mean, you have a couple of times, not too often, but a couple of times kind of shared and pointed out messages that people have sent you where they've been kind of nasty. And, um, you know, you've mentioned about having been bullied before. You know, I, I just, that is something where I've never understood, like, why someone would want to tear someone else down, especially when they're not being bothered. But why do you think that there's so much judgment when it does exist? And why do you think people feel the need to respond to you in that way? I mean, a lot of people respond to me in that way is because I feel like they just think that I'm an easy target. And I, and I, I mean, like I am, like, I really don't defend myself. I, but I recently have started to, um, but it never really bothers me when they attack my looks because I've never derived my confidence from my looks. Um, it really, really does bother me when they call me fake uh, and like ungenuine uh, because I try so hard to be genuine. Like I try, like I try to be nice to everybody I meet. So it's when they attack my character, um, that's when it really hurts me uh, because it's just, it's not true. It's like, um, you can say what you, uh, what you want about how it look because like, that's your opinion. But like, if you just attack my character based on a few Instagram posts you've seen or a lie someone has told you, it's just like, you can talk to me and find it out, like find out how I am. You don't have to like make an assumption. Yeah, like they can just talk about it. I mean, I, I, I just think social, I mean, all forms of bullying are terrible, but I think when you just go out of your way, like all those keyboard, 
you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are just way more tough behind, like, the internet than in person. And even even me, like, I, I would, I'm not, like, I'm more confident on the internet than I am in um, real life because it's just, like, you know, it's just, you're not actually there. But people use that confidence and turn it into hate. Yeah. Well, I know that people listening, whether it's now in their life or whether it's been before when they were younger, everyone at some point has either felt some sort of insecurity or they have been directly bullied. So for those that are listening and who have experienced that, do you have any advice of how you've kind of coped with it and what your approach on it is to kind of, I don't know, help others get through the experience? I mean, just surround yourself with great people. I know it sounds very like uh, corny and cheesy, but I mean, that's the truth. Uh, the internet can talk shit about you all day long. Strangers can talk shit about you all day long. But as long as your friends and the people you love um, actually love you and like you and they don't talk shit about you, then you're doing something right. Yeah, definitely. And well, I guess my question for you then is, how do you attract the right people? Um, what do you think is the key to that? I have, I honestly have no idea. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm like, I know it sounds like, like very cocky to say, but I'm just a very nice guy. Like, I don't, I don't wish bad upon anyone. Um, and people do like people at first, they don't see that. But when people do realize how, like how genuine of a person I am, people just gravitate towards it. And I attract the same energy I put out. You're not going to like, you're going to attract the same type of person that you put out. Like if you're, if you're a good person, you're going to attract good people. If you're a shitty person, you're going to attract shitty people in your life. That's just how it works. Yeah. Like, you're, like a tra- you're only as good as your circle. No, definitely. I, I really resonate with that. I think that they say what you are, what's that saying about how like you you're, are kind of. Yeah. You're like an average of the five people you hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. So I no, I definitely. Somewhere. I don't know where I heard that. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. Cause if we marry each other and if, if you follow the laws of attraction, then it makes sense that we yeah. would kind of go into our orbit like that. Of course. So I wanted to ask you also, um, a big part of why I do these interviews is to kind of capture the stories of people who have overcame something or how they've really crafted and um, processed their emotions and their vulnerability to become stronger and more confident and empowered. So I wanted to ask you, you know, choices are so important in life and they can steer us in different directions. So for you in your life, you know, when is a time in which you were confronted with a choice or what is a choice that you've made recently? that change your life for the better and what was the process like for you to make that choice um a choice in my life that i've made that made me different or better um just just basically just being myself you know like i used to like so in middle school i would just be constantly um i was never myself in middle school i would i was so i would try to always be preppy try to try to fit in with everybody and it just never worked out because it just got me more bullied than I actually like I got bullied. So I started to do that. So I wouldn't get bullied and it just made me get bullied more. So in high school, um, I just like started being like being myself a little bit more, not completely myself. Uh, but then as I, I got into my 20s, um, I just I just decided that um, I'm just going to be myself. And if people don't like that, then screw them. Um, and if they do, then awesome. They can be my friend. But. Yeah, it's just it was just being myself um, uh, recently that really made me um, uh, grow as a human being because, like before, I could never be myself without um, without hesitation, and now I can just be myself without hesitation. It's fucking great. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of liberating in a way just to own who you are. Uh, yeah. 
But was there something that kind of led you to that realization? Because I think that, you know, a lot of people will live their life on autopilot. So you you came to this awareness, you've made certain choices, and you've noted and you've mentioned how you've changed. But a lot of people do kind of become the product of the society they live in, they don't question themselves, and they just kind of live on autopilot. So was there a series of moments? Or was there just like an epiphany you had that made you wake up one day and decide to gain this confidence or change or to make better choices? I mean, what happened? I mean, yeah, I mean, I was just trying so hard to like be someone else. And like, every time I like I kept the harder I tried, the less people would like me and more they would talk shit about me. And then I like, I just started being myself. And the more I kept being myself, like, I was like, wow, people actually like it when you're yourself. So I was like, oh, crap. So what, I should have just started being myself this entire time instead yeah. of being fake, you know? Like, I, I I do admit that I I didn't – I wasn't the most genuine person. I was trying to always fit in, trying to always be, uh, be someone else. But then then I was always wondering, like, why why don't people like me? And then, and then um, uh, I just started being myself, and I was like, wow, people actually like myself, and I just screwed up, like, four years trying to be someone else. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people have been through that. I think that's what the whole, I feel like the early 20s and mid 20s are just this, honestly, kind of like a good show of self-discovery. People are like, oh, I wish I could go back to being young. I'm like, really? You want to go back to that period of confusion? I don't think so. Yeah, wait, are you your mid 20s or your early 20s? I'm like technically late 20s. I'm 27. Oh, wow. I thought you were like 22. <laughs> really? No, no, I know you're, I, t- I do know you're 27, but like, I, you, like you, the way you look and like how you act, not that you're acting mature. It's just, I've known, uh, I've known about you for years because of through um, my friend Nadia. Um, yeah. And you got, you and her were like uh, best friends back in the day. And I met Nadia um, when I was like 20 or 19, 20, and she was like 25 at the time. And she was like one of the first people that like really like made me want to like, like actually be myself and like, like she like, cause I, before I met her, I would met her right out of high school and it was like my first year at Georgia state and she was actually really cool. And like her being herself really just made me want to be myself more. Yeah, no, I hope she listens to this because she's, I mean, I love that. Right, about she's her. So dope now. Like she's like a chef with like a, like a pop-up dinner and like, she's so cool. <laughs> Yes, Dell Dining, everybody. Dell Dining. Dell Dining. But yeah, no, Nadia is is awesome. And I think she's always lived her life authentically. And I think that's one of my favorite things about her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do know your um your uh, magazine or this project is called Millennial Nomad. And technically, I found out the other day I'm classified as a Gen Z, which is very weird because I thought I was a millennial this whole time because uh, it's the cutoff date is 95 um, and I'm 95. So I do have and I realized why like I'm kind of different like i have friends that are two years old older than me and they're only two years older and they act completely different from me and like i have uh tendencies of a gen z and a millennial so i like to call myself like a zillennial <laughs> millennial that's a that's actually yeah it's like a thing there's like this thing um on twitter it's called people that we're called zillennials because we're like uh the kids born in like 95 96 they're like they have like millennial tendencies but then they're also like jet very gen z and like tiktok uh, so we're like a combination of both. So what is, I mean, other than that whole TikTok versus Instagram, because I feel like the millennials kind of owned Instagram and then the, then Gen Z was like, well, we're coming, we're coming in with TikTok. But like, what do you think is the biggest differences between Gen Z and millennials? I mean, it's the biggest difference is Gen Z's are more like, um, they really don't like, like millennials are more reserved and like, like, um, calculated and Gen Z's like, they just say whatever's on their mind. Uh, they do whatever they want. Uh, there are these very funny memes about Gen Z just um, 
like th- they won't be able to ask like salt for salt at a restaurant, but they'll they'll throw um <laughs> they'll throw a mace back at a cop. <laughs> Oh my god yeah it's so funny like they're like they're like hardcore shit um and those are like the younger uh gen z's but um i do i don't know i i found out i was gen z the other day and like i was just like like it just all made sense <laughs> yeah well i like the word that you thought of you even more the zillennial like that- yeah it's like a combo because technically i'm not a full gen z and and i don't consider myself a full zillennial someone told me i could either be the youngest millennial or the oldest gen z like you pick you can pick. And I'm like, no, I don't want to pick. I want to be both. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think that millennials, like something I've noticed having, I mean, I'm not saying all millennials are like this, but just based on all the people I've spoken to and the kind of audience I tracked, it just seems to be that they're very, they're much more introspective and maybe to a fault. Like sometimes it's great because self-awareness comes out and like you can actually kind of get to know yourself and they're very deep thinkers and very passionate people, I think at least. But yeah, I think that- great. Yeah, but sometimes they overthink. They do. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's one of my millennial qualities. I overthink every little thing. <laughs> yeah, but that's so funny that you thought I was twenty-two. It's okay. I've been told I look like I'm eighteen when I go to the nail salon. They thought I was in yeah, high you school. definitely look younger than me, even though you're two years older than me. I like so, like you have nothing to worry about. You're probably gonna look like twenty-five for the rest of your life. That's the goal, baby. Twenty-five. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Well, I definitely appreciate that and I kind of want to ask you a little bit about fear because I think that you know that's kind of ties into what we're saying we think that millennials think a lot and sometimes they doubt themselves sometimes there's a lot of fear that comes up and I do think that maybe the generations before us or after us were I don't know if they were more courageous but they did seem to kind of take action without overthinking as much so what role has fear played in your life and how do you kind of challenge yourself to overcome the things that you're afraid of? Like, what are you afraid of? I mean, I'm, there's not much I'm, I'm afraid of uh, cockroaches, um, but like, there's not really, really much I'm really that afraid of. Um, uh, it's more about um, like, you know how before I did this interview, I was very nervous. It's like, I'm very fearful of things before I try them. And then once like I get into them, I'm like, I'm fine. So like, it's always in my head, um, like the whole tongue and groove thing before I started uh, I was just, I was really scared that like nobody would want to um, want me there and it would just be awkward, but um, I just jumped into it and it was great. Um, so most of the fear that I have is always in my head. I can't name something I'm fearful of because I can't think of anything right now, but it's mostly like just, just, just the anxiety of failing. The anxiety. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah. And uh, the other generations are like boomers. Um that's like that's like like our parents um but they would always tell us not to like post on the internet like bad stuff but like now like on twitter all these boomers are getting fired from their job for posting racist things on facebook so like (laughs) they should have taken their own advice (laughs) i know seriously the boomers might be honest i don't want to disrespect them but they are not like not like not our parents but like there's a lot of like people who like just look down on millennials and gen z's they're like oh my god they post everything online and I just see like just see them do the dumbest things. Not like one person in particular, but like a few of them, not all of them. No, for sure. No, I agree with you. I think that it's, you know, of course, like I respect the generation as a whole, but there are some questionable things that they do. And like I think that Yeah. And they tell us that we we shouldn't be doing some things when like, you know, like we're there's there's bad people in every generation and there's good people in every generation. It's not like all of them are bad, all of them are good. Yeah. No, definitely. 
I mean, so with all the work that you're doing now and all this growth that you're doing, and I mean, you're going to, I feel like, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know you were two years younger than me because I feel like you, you conduct yourself as someone who is, who's more mature than your age. Oh yeah, of course. Um, at least in the way you conduct yourself. I haven't like seen you recently in person to fully know that, but I'll let you know once I do, if, if I, if I think the same, but I think that you definitely from the outside conduct yourself with a lot of maturity. And I guess my question for you is that moving on kind of towards the future, what do you sort of envision for yourself? I mean, are there things or that you're passionate about? Any pro- passion projects you want to pursue? Um, for now, I'm um, sticking with uh, Tongue and Groove. I do eventually want to open my own spot, but not anytime soon. Maybe in like, maybe when I'm like 30 in like six years or something, but like not now. Um, but I, I'm just, I, I'm going to wait to finish one full year at TNG, which will probably be around October, November-ish, and then I'll see um, where it takes me. I've been offered um, many opportunities, and I and like I get offered two or three jobs a day um, in the nightlife industry, and I mean that in the most humblest way possible. But I'm I'm just turning all of them down. I'm just not ready yet. I feel like um, I want to finish a full year in the industry, in the nightlife industry, and then see, um, then then see what I want to do. Yeah. And how does your, I mean, I know that since your career has like a more not unconventional time schedule, how do you balance out the rest of your life? Like, what do you do when you're not so, doing your um, work? My family, um, we own gas stations. Um, so I, um, I don't work in the gas stations, but I go and I uh, pick up money. I do all that. Um, so I'm basically um, helping my uh, mom out with the gas stations because that's, that's honestly like, um, like my mom does pay me to do that. That's TNG is great money, but um the gas stations are like, uh, they're really good money. So I do eventually want to do something with that. I w- the plan was always for me to just um, help my mom run the gas stations and do that whole thing. But um, this whole nightlife thing just fell into my lap. So I'm doing this for now. But I do want to become a business owner um, in the future. I just don't know what. It might be a nightclub. It might be a liquor store. Um, it might be a startup. I don't know. Uh, well, it seems like you come from a family of entrepreneurs. Do you think that because you've, you know, you come from a family of people who kind of built their own businesses and expanded it, maybe that's part of the reason why you think so, so differently. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of like thinking outside yeah. the box. When like, I do things like it's that. never been for me where I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a nine to five job and like be in an office, no matter how much I make. It's just, that's just not me. Um, the tongue and groove thing. It's not a nine to five job. It's, it's more fun for me than, than work anyway that's why I'm doing it. It's like, it's, I'm passionate about it. I'm not like dreading going to work every day. Um, but yeah. So you mentioned that the Samir today is quite different than the Samir before and that you've become more of yourself. So my question for you that I'm interested in knowing is who is the Samir today? I mean, how do you see yourself and how would you kind of describe yourself? Um, I don't know. I'm very different. I'm honestly kind of the same. Like, I met someone from high school the other day and they were like, you look, ex- you, I look, I, I've always looked like this. And they're like, you look exactly the same, but I see you're a lot more confident. Um, and uh, I guess, I guess it's just every year that goes by, I gain a little bit more confidence and it just adds, adds to like who I am. Um, like when I was 15, 10 years ago, I was very like, I was, I wasn't like sad. I was, I, I was sad, but I was happy um, in some moments. But then as the years uh, grew by, I just learned to deal with it and do better. Did you like find a way to get, like, did you have to go to 
to get treatment or was um, it more? Yeah, it, I was um, clinically uh, depressed, like not like, but I didn't know it at the, t- at the time. I just thought I was always like, I was sad all the time, but then there would be moments of me being happy. So I was like, I can't be depressed, but I technically was because I did get diagnosed for it. Um, I, I did go to um, a therapy center uh, for a year or two uh, in middle school. Uh, and they gave me some medication and I did take that medication, but I'm not on any medication right now, but, uh, it did, um, it did help a lot. It was just me growing up in a a toxic, um, bullied, uh, middle school environment because in middle school, uh, things just got really bad um, with the bullying for some reason. Uh, I just was bullied for being my race, how I looked, everything. Uh, I just went to school with a very bad group of kids, uh, it was the Peachtree Ridge Central, not Peachtree Ridge, whole middle school district. And it was just, they just weren't very accepting of me. Um, but then in high school, I got a permissive transfer to Central Gwinnett. It was a, a, it was a different district. And I did fucking incredible over there. Like I made so many friends um, uh, and just almost became prom king, really didn't. I got runner up, <laughs> but it was great. What? Yeah. So like, it was like a complete 360. And then after high school ended, I was like, I was really like, did I just peak? Like, was that it? Was I like, did I peak in high school? Am I one of those people? Um, but hopefully, hopefully not. I don't think I did. Um, but I did go to Georgia state. Uh, I made some friends there and it was very different because everyone at Georgia state was so like nice and like welcoming. And it was such like a different dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that your high school experience was better because yeah, it got better. Like first two years eh, and then like the last two years, great. And then college was eh again, but it was like good, but like no one was bullying me. I just was like used to being so cool in high school. And then when I got to college, I was like, there's like 30,000 people here. You can't stand out. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, you feel like where do you belong in that big group? Yeah. I did try to rush a few fraternities and like, they, they did not want me. They were just like, nope. <laughs> they, uh, I got um, I got a bid for Pi Cap, and then they took it away. <laughs> what? They took it away? It was Pi Cap or Kappa Sig. They they really liked me. They liked me at the parties. They were just like, uh, you're too enthusiastic. And then like literally the last day, I was so excited to have a bid, and then they were just like, um, like it wasn't official yet. Uh, the uh, the guy had told me, oh, like you're gonna get a bid, but then like they were like, oh, you were just too enthusiastic. Try again next year. I didn't try again next year. What kind of and then now all those same guys are hitting me up. Um, they're like, hey, can we get at the TNG and hang out with you? I was like, nope. No, I don't say no. I just say, um, yeah, come through, pay, pay the cover at the door. Yeah. I mean, I was just about to ask you that. And I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't blast them like that. But yeah, oh, yeah. I bet this going to come in and get the real treatment. There have been multiple people that from my past that have treated me like shit who are like kissing my ass now. And it feels amazing, honestly. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you did anything. It's just yeah, it's natural. Not like I did something. I fall like you're the one who bullied me, and now I'm cool. So, well, I'm, I don't. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not cool, but to them, I'm cool. So they're like, "Oh my god, uh, be our friend. Like, let us in the TNG, hang out with us, bring these girls around us." And I'm just like, I, I don't say. I never bring it up. Like, I never bring it up. I'm just like, oh, cool. I just don't reply or ignore them. Yeah, but it's, it is pretty satisfying. Has anyone ever apologized to you? Um, no, not really. Um, because at the end of the day, um especially the middle school, we were all kids. Like, like they were 14 and 15 year olds, uh, not 14, like, like younger kids. Um, and like, we were going to high school, everyone was still growing up. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that they were going through shit too. 
but no, none of the adults have apologized to me either. Like in college when they were like kind of mean to me, but like, I don't really hold it against them. Like, you know, it was, it was what they were taught, how they were taught to be. No, definitely. And I hope that, I mean, I'm not sure if this will ever reach them, but if for some reason it did, it would be interesting to kind of see how those people are processing. Oh yeah, I mean, you definitely know some of them. They're um, they they're nice guys, but I mean, it's just uh, they didn't want me in their fraternity. And like, honestly, I'm glad I wasn't. Like, I didn't want to be branded. Like, now that I look back at it, it kind of all doesn't look that cool to me anymore, as it did when I was um, in, in that moment. Yeah, and that was at Georgia State, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, do you think that any of those initial feelings that you had in middle school carried over at all? Because they say like sometimes what happens to us when we're younger kind of stays with us. Or do you think you've, you're just over it now? I mean, in college, definitely. Because in high school, everything was great. Everyone was treating me great. And then like in, in college, I was like, oh, crap. Was it just that one high school that was nice to me? And have I like, am I just still the same loser I was? So it did. It did like I was pretty like sad um, at that time. But then um, I just I had to get through it, and then, like, life just got better. Yeah, one day at a time, huh? Yeah, like, I mean, it just, like, it honestly does get better. Like, it's not, like, you're never going to be in a shitty spot for, like, if you if you allow yourself to be in it, then, yeah, I get it. You're going to always be in it. But, like, there's always, like, there's 7 billion people in the world. Just because a group of 20 people don't like you doesn't mean you're not going to fucking make great friends later on. Yeah. So my question for you to now look on the other side of it is what is one of the kindest things anyone's ever done for you? Oh, I can't think of it. Um, so, uh, uh, so I, I have, uh, my best friend, uh, I call him, I call him my big brother. Cause he kind of is like, he's really uh, taught me some of the greatest things for my um, 21st birthday. He gave me this, um, uh, this was right after like all the, um, fraternity stuff that happened where they were just like assholes to me. Uh, so he gave me this fucking dope ass teddy bear and it was like, he recorded a message like, love you little bro. It was like the greatest, it was like the dopest thing ever. Um, we're still, we're still uh, good friends today. Um, and he's a, he's a very nice guy. I feel like, I feel like I've introduced you. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the nicest things, uh, that anyone's ever done for me. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of, a lot of my friends are great. Like I, they all do very nice things for me. Like, you know, Ramin and Breezy, they always, um, they always check up on me. Like they're great people. Like I have great people around me. Yeah. I mean, I think that, honestly, I mean, like you said, and I don't even know what the nature of those dynamics are, but I do think that it's hard to sometimes think of, like, one big gesture because it's not about that. It's really those little things. It's just yeah, someone. Yeah, it's just, like, people that just make sure they that you know that they care care about you, and that's all it is. Yeah, definitely. You don't have to buy me, like, a, a Lamborghini. I almost cussed again, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, like, show your love to me. Like, just, like, just be nice. And, like, that's just all, like, that's all it takes to be, like, to, like, you know, make me happy. Yeah. So what is one thing that you're most proud of about yourself in your own life? I'm proud of like, um, just how I'm able to like handle everything. Um, just, and, and it's all about personal growth. And like, even if you're growing a little bit every day, it's, you're still growing as long as you're not stuck in the same place in your life. Um, uh, constantly. I think that's, that's something I'm proud of. Uh, I just, I'm just, grown so much over the years and I keep growing every day and like I look at myself like from two weeks ago and I fucking hate that person I'm just like who was that and like I'm just different and better every two or three weeks I just I just notice it for some reason it's just the little things yeah 
Well, I think they say, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. So as long as you're constantly yeah. evolving, then you're really living. So I guess. Yeah, like I'm never your- the same. I, I'm not the same person I was a year ago or even two years ago. Like I'm always learning, getting better, treating people better and just being just trying to be a good person. Yeah. What do you think is the foundation of a good of a good friendship? A good friendship. Um, just love, you know, like just uh, showing each other that you love each other and um, not not letting little things like you can fight with your friends all you want. As long as like, you know, there's genuine love there. Uh, you can get over that fight. Like I've fought with like me and my friends. I've always like gotten into little little things, but like it's never been like, oh, like I know in the moment um that like oh we're gonna get through this but i'm still mad about it <laughs> but like it's all about um it's all about talking it out and just getting over the um the bad stuff yeah so we're getting close to the end of this interview it always makes me sad when i get to yeah i can't believe we talked for 36 minutes it feels like five minutes <laughs> yeah you were worried you I were was, like oh, i was like there's no way i'll be able to carry a conversation for 45 minutes <laughs> i told you it always happens yeah um but the two questions that I did want to ask you that I ask everybody, um, the first one is, what makes you feel alive? And the second question is, what question would you like to ask yourself for the remainder of 2020? Um, what makes me feel alive? Um, just making people happy, honestly. Like when I see someone smile and I know like, like it sounds so cheesy, but like, you know my- <laughs> like you know like when people like when i see someone like smile like no matter what it is what i do for them like it could be me like um like like setting them up at a table at tng and like um having like, making them have a great birthday party just they're happy and i'm happy you know like that makes me feel alive like it could be anything like it could be me giving someone a book they like and just seeing a smile on anyone's face makes me happy i don't know why it makes me feel alive um and what was the last question the last question was what is a question that you would like to ask yourself for the remainder of 2020? I have no idea, honestly. Um, it's all it's 2020. I'm not gonna lie; it's pretty much a shit show. Like it's everything's going crazy. I feel like uh, there's like a time travel time time traveler that comes back and like tries to fix it, and then like just keeps making it worse because <laughs> like um, everything's just going to shit. But like I think I think we're gonna turn it around, and I think um, the question I would like to ask myself is just um, uh. I don't know. What do you want to ask yourself? <laughs> what do you want to? What do you want to I, ask yourself? <laughs> I, I love that when people get stumped on these interviews, they then ask me. I'm yeah, like, it's oh. so hard. Like you, you, you have to have an answer. You wrote the question. <laughs> you, you would think I would. Um, I don't. I haven't thought about it. But if I had to give one, I mean, my opinion might change tomorrow. But if I was to say one right now, I would say that. Did I really live? each moment of my life with gratitude and with the highest potential same honestly that's what i'd ask yeah i mean i would ask something i don't know what i would ask myself um did i did i did i make someone happy that's what i would ask myself like in the midst of this whole thing that's going on with corona with the civil rights movement with everything that's going on um did i did i make someone smile that's what i would ask myself i think that's a good one i like that Thank you. I thought of it like two seconds. Yeah. I mean, I think actually to, and on that note, just to say that it, I love that you do enjoy making people smile because smiling 
is way more powerful than people think. I mean, it can literally change your entire mood. It's good for your well-being. Oh, yeah. And it comes from a genuine place. It's super special. Yeah. I mean, if you can make someone happy, like, and you can't do anything else for the rest of your life, just do that. Like, if even if it's just one person. Yeah. Well... You did it. You made it to the full course of the interview. Awesome. 40 minutes. Wow. Look at us. <laughs> no. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this again. Um, I know that it's not easy to come and share your mind and share your insights. Of course. I hope I didn't sound dumb. So if anyone's listening to this, please don't <laughs> send me mean things if I sounded dumb. <laughs> please, if anyone sends you mean things based on something that I was involved with, I'm going to be personally offended. So no one better than mean things. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of energy I want to, I want to put I out. I will fight you. <laughs> yeah, I will come after you. I can't wait. Yeah, not really, but I'll have something to say. But all right. Thank well, you so much. Spread some love, spread kindness, everybody, and just try to make someone smile. Cheers. To connect with Samir, check out his Instagram at S-A-M-S-O-N-N-Y-P-A-N. I will also include the link to his Instagram in the podcast description, so be sure to take a look there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Millennial Nomad Coming Alive podcast series. And I hope you tune in for the next episode to check out new stories every week.